Welcome to the Church of Philadelphia podcast. Get ready for this message to ignite your faith as the power and love of God is shared through his word. And so I, I want to start by, by, by kind of giving you uh, where we landed on today, today, because, you know, we've been talking about in the sermon series, we've been talking about encounter, right? Um, we're talking about the faces of prayer. And what we're talking about is we're talking about encountering the Lord as we see in scriptures and dealing with things about prayer. You want to encounter God through prayer, right? And this is one of the first stages, right? Or the first stage. When you talk about prayer, uh, 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 when you think about the heavenly tabernacle, per se, Prayer is symbolic of the gates. Praise is symbolic of the courts. Worship is symbolic of the most holy place, right? And so we're talking about encountering God through prayer. And like we said, the, 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 the subtopic is the faces of prayer because there are different types of prayer. When you think about intercession, that's a different type of prayer. When you think about inquiring of the Lord, where you're seeking an answer, something or information or knowledge, that's a different type of prayer. When you think about crying, you know, you see in the scripture and they cried out unto Jesus, right? That's a different type of prayer. Or when you think about the scripture talks about moan. Moan is a type of language and we understand at its core, prayer is nothing more than communication. It is us speaking to God and giving God the opportunity to speak back to us. So what we understand about prayer is not monologue, but it's dialogue. It's a two-way conversation, a conversation between us and God. It's not just us throwing our requests out there to God, but as we throw requests out there to God, it's also giving God an opportunity to speak back to us concerning what it was that we just spoke to him about. Amen. So this is what we're talking about. We're talking about encountering the Lord through prayer. And we're looking at the different faces of the different types of prayer amen so just bear with me um so, so to give you an understanding of where we are in scripture amen uh uh, uh. We're in the book of Jeremiah, you know, chapter number one, and we're going to land on verse number one, right? And, and this is the reading of the word. Please, if you can honor the Lord by standing, you know, and here begins the reading of the Lord's word. It says, the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priest that were in Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. And you could be seated in the presence of of the living God. Amen. And, and, and the title of the text that we're going to be working with on today is simply called Encounter Who You Are. Encounter Who You Are. And I promise if you just give me a little bit of your time on this morning, we're going to make it make sense to you in Jesus' wonderful name. So we pray that the Lord will prepare your ears or dig out your ears that you're ready to hear the engrafted word of the Lord in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. So as we're talking about encounter who you are, when, when you heard the introduction song or the introductory song, what is talking about the name of Yahweh, I'm, I'm giving you a little bit of background story how we got to this particular place in scripture on this morning, right? Uh, the name Yahweh, the name Yahweh. Thursday afternoon of last week, one thing that began to happen, I was on my way to go pick up my, my middle daughter, Majesty, from, from her bus stop from school. And 
as I was entering into my, my garage, you know, getting ready to go into the car, whatnot, the Lord literally put his name, the name Yahweh, in my mouth. And, and, and as we have been talking about encounters, right, we, we, we're, we're talking about this word encounters, right? Uh, this is a type of encounter. This is a type of encounter. And so the Lord put his name Yahweh in my mouth. And so any time the Lord does something, it warrants praise, right? Or we'll put it like this. Anytime God does something for us, an individual, or for us collectively, the natural response should be that of praise, right? Anytime you see in Scripture, anytime God did something on behalf of the people of Israel, the natural response was that of praise, right? Oftentimes you hear but put like this, you know, when God went, when we praise God for what he has done, or we praise God for what we believe he's going to do. Right. So that's the natural response when God does something. It should be that of praise, a celebration, you know, where we are excited, celebrating God for who he is and celebrating God for what he has done or what we believe God is going to do in our lives. Right. So when God put his name, Yahweh, literally put his name, Yahweh, in my mouth. Right. As I stepped into my garage, the name Yahweh came out my mouth, not because it was something that I was thinking about, not because it was something that I decided I wanted to say. No, the Lord literally put his name in my mouth. And when the name came out of my mouth, it came out of my mouth with such an authority and such a power in a manner that had never come out my mouth before. Now, what I'm trying to get you to understand is I've said the name Yahweh on many, many different occasions and many different times doing services when the anointing was high. When I was in the presence of God and I can feel the heavy weight of God's presence upon me, all of these different things. But it was something different when God himself reached out and put his name in my mouth. Right. So hence we see what's taking place in Jeremiah. We understand God reaches out and he puts his words in the mouth of Jeremiah so that the prophet would not speak anything outside of God. You know what God wants to be declared. Right. And this is a little personal to me because this is where I understood the call of God that was upon my life. This is where God instructed me to go to understand the call of God that was upon my life. God called me at a young age and God began to let me know and understand that he's called me to be a prophet at a young age. And so he directed me to go to the book of uh, uh, Jeremiah to help understand uh, the call of God that is upon my life, right? And so one of the things that I typically do, you know, uh, 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 right before I pray or, or come on rather to speak and declare what God is saying, uh, I, I typically refer back to this particular book. And, and one of my prayers is, God, you know, as you did for Jeremiah, reach out and touch my mouth and put your words in my mouth, God. Because my, my, my heart doesn't want to say anything that you're not speaking, God. I only want to declare, you know, what you're speaking. I only want to be an oracle of the Lord. I, want to, I do not want to declare what I, I don't want to give you my opinion. I don't want to give you what I'm thinking. I don't want to give you what it is I feel. I only want to speak what does say the Lord. So hence, this is why I pray that particular prayer, right? So... When God put his name in my mouth and I began to speak and declare his name and it came out with such an authority and it came out with such a power, the natural response was that of praise. I couldn't do anything but but just begin to leap up and down and just give God praise, right? And as I got into the car, and I'm telling you, all of this happened in a mere matter of, uh, a matter of 30 seconds, right? I say no more than 10 seconds. I begin to just give, begin to fall into prayer, just begin to pray, speaking to the Lord. And then in a matter of what? Another 10 seconds, I'll say, boom, I begin to give God radical praise. And then, boom, you move on. I am now in full-blown full worship. 
in the midst of going to pick up my daughter, right? My children have been groomed into this, right? They understand what this is, right? Because in the womb, they are accustomed. They were accustomed to me speaking, uh, uh, hearing me pray in English, hearing me pray in my prayer language, hearing me worship, all of these different things. So they are accustomed. They understand when dad is talking to God, let him do what he's doing, right? Don't interrupt that right there. That's, that's sacred. That's, that's, that's something that is happening between God and, and, and my daddy, right? So my daughter got in the car. Normally she would get in the car and she would say, hey, daddy, how you doing? And I would ask her about her day and all these things. Well, she just got in the car and buckled up because she understood he's, he's talking to the Lord right now, right? And so I'm giving you an instance as I, I went through the process of moving from the gates. I went through the process of prayer and, and moved into the courts, to the process of praise, and then moved into the most holy place, the process of worship, right? Because of an encounter, Meaning the Lord put his word in my mouth. That was a type of encounter, right? And, and if we want to give, we want to give a little background or a little bit of understanding about encounter. Encounter is defined simply as this right here. Definition number one tells us that encounter means to meet as an adversary or enemy to engage in conflict with. Or definition number two, to come upon face to face. And I like that, right? So to give you an understanding for definition number two, when you think about when the Bible talks about how the Lord spoke to Moses as if a man speaks to his friend, right? So imagine if me and, and, and my wife are coming to hug one another, we're face to face. And when we go in and embrace one another, how the faces become side by side, right? It's denoting the intimacy, the closeness, right? Uh, and this is what you see in Eastern culture. You still see this when men greet each other. Hence, the Bible talks about greet one another with the holy kiss, right? It is speaking to the intimacy of someone that I consider to be a close friend, right? And so you see that in the Eastern culture. It's only here in the Western culture that we have a problem getting close to other people, especially another man getting close to another man because without you having to think like, oh, no, that, that's, that's some gay stuff. Oh, you, you understand what I'm saying, right? We got to get past that and get over there and learn how to be intimate with other people. And so this face to face is denoting the intimacy. Right. And then definition number three talks about to come upon or experience, especially unexpectedly encounter difficulties to meet, especially by chance. Right. So so uh, you can encounter somebody and not knowing uh, uh, this was going to happen. It can happen by chance is what it's talking about. Right. So there are different times when you see in the scripture, I give an example, even remember when Jacob was getting ready to run into Esau, his brother. So, so there was a duration of time that went by and, and Jacob was still under the depression that his brother wanted to kill him, right? Because the last time he saw him, his brother wanted to kill him because of how he tricked him out of his birthright and all of this stuff, his inheritance, all of these different things, right? And so as time has gone by and they're getting ready to come and meet one another, the scripture talks about and Esau went out to meet. Jacob. That word meet actually defines encounter, right? So encounter can also be described as, yes, it can be something described as hostile or violent, but can also be described as a friendly meeting. Hence, we talk about the encounter with Moses speaking to a man as if a man is speaking to his friend, you know, and this closeness face to face, right? friendly encounters. So encounters not going to just be hostile or violent, but an encounter can also be a friendly interaction. So I definitely want to make sure you understand that, right? So when we talk about how God put his name in my mouth, 
this is how we landed in the book of Jeremiah chapter number one, right? As I was in prayer, uh, you know, because I'm thinking I'm going to be a whole nother place in the scripture. I'm comfortable where I'm at thinking I, this is where I'm supposed to be. And I go and I get in prayer. And again, going through the process of I pray, I praise, and then I worship. I find myself in worship. It's in worship that God began to speak to me. He said, he took me back to the moment of last Thursday when he put his word in my mouth. He said, this is where I want you to go in the book of Jeremiah because this was indeed an encounter. And what you see in the scriptures, Jeremiah is encountering the Lord, right? So now let's, let's, let's jump into this, right? When, when we get into Jeremiah chapter number one, verse number one, it's given us some context, it's given us some history, it's given us some understanding. The Bible declares the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests that were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, right? In Benjamin, right? So it's talking about the words of Jeremiah. Jeremiah has given us an understanding throughout his lifetime. He's the one who's recorded his book. He's the one who's authored his book, right? And he's given us an understanding throughout the course of his life, the things that God has spoken unto him, those prophetic words, those prophetic utterances as he's recorded He's given us understanding, right? So the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, right? And, and when we think about this, I want us to understand who Jeremiah is. Jeremiah, his name. His, depending on where you go and depending on where you look, what source you use, there are various meanings for the names of Jeremiah, right? His name means Jehovah is high or exalted or Jehovah will rise, right? His name also means whom Jehovah has appointed. And so when it's talking about whom Jehovah has appointed, the significance here is talking about how God has appointed him in the role or in the office of that of a prophet. Or the Bible talks about, or the name I should say, it means Jehovah throws or Jehovah establishes, right? Then there is the last name Jehovah shall lift. Jehovah shall live. Jehovah shall throw or Jehovah shall establish, right? And even when you talk about this last name, Jehovah throws or Jehovah establishes, right? It's as if God throws Jeremiah into the midst of confusion or chaos that is happening in the culture at this particular time, right? We'll see as we dig into this, right? It's as if he throws him or casts him and then establishes him as a prophet one who will speak on behalf of God right you got to remember a prophet or prophetess speaks on behalf of God to the people whereas a priest speaks on behalf of the people to God right so God is establishing him as a prophet one that will declare the holy oracles of God on behalf of God to the people of God Right. And so it's it's a bunch of confusion and chaos that is taking place at this particular time. Right. So the scripture says the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah. Right. Hilkiah means this right here. My portion is Jehovah. Right. And I'm giving you this for you to understand is knowledge, right? You, you know, the Bible tells us people perish for the lack of knowledge, right? So, you know, this knowledge is letting us understand who Jeremiah is, uh, 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 who he comes from, and where he comes from, right? So it's, it's good to have this knowledge. It's good to have this understanding. So not just about Jeremiah, but for yourself. It's good to understand who you are. It's good to understand who you come from, and it's good to understand where you come from, Right? Hence, we're talking about encounter you. So that has everything to do with identity. So it says the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests that were in Anathoth. So he comes from, he's the son of Hilkiah, whose name simply means my portion is Jehovah. My portion is Jehovah. 
right? This is who he comes from. And then it talks about, he says, he's of the priests that were in Anathoth. Now, Anathoth is a city inside Benjamin, which is inside Judah, right? And it was specifically uh, uh, dedicated for the priests, the priests, right? So he's in a city of priests, right? And Anathoth in the Hebrew, the name simply means answers to prayer. You wonder where the prayer aspect comes in. It's right here. Where he come from is defined as answers to prayer. The place in which he was born and raised up in, it is called the Anathoth, denoting it means answers to prayer, right? And this is the thing, right? If, if, if you're not careful, you can find yourself geographically out of position, out of place. You can be out of place spiritually. You can be out of place emotionally. You can be out of place mentally. And this can affect whether or not prayers are going to be answered, right? So he's in a city full of priests, Right. And the one thing that priests do, they talk to God. Right. They pray. Prayer is nothing more than communication, talking to God. And so I'm in a city that has been dedicated for priests where all around me, there's nothing but prayer that is going on. Men and women talking to the Lord, speaking to the Lord, making their requests be known, crying out unto God, interceding about this, inquiring about this, entreating the Lord for this right here, seeking God for this right here. And, and understand we're in the place of prayer where prayers are actually answered do you know somebody and can you relate huh that this is a good place to be right in a place where prayers are actually answered right and the, the point that i'm trying to drive home if you're not careful if you find yourself out of place uh, and because you're out of place could it be because i'm out of place whether it's emotionally whether it's mentally spiritually geographically yeah oh yeah you can be out of place geographically be in the wrong city the wrong location and because of you being out out of place uh, could it be this is the reason why your prayers have not been heard this is the reason why your prayers have not been answered oh that's food for thought that's food for thought we're talking about an anathoth right and then look at this anathoth is inside benjamin i'm in the city of charlotte north carolina right so 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 look at anathoth as and, and benjamin as north carolina right so understand right here benjamin means the son of my right hand the son of my right hand the right hand denotes the authority of god the power of god right so now i am in a place where prayers are answered because I'm also within a place that surrounds the place that means answer prayer. The place that surrounds the place of answer prayer is called authority. <laughs> Lord have mercy. And see, that's the reason why most of our prayers have not been answered because you don't pray with no authority. Right. You know what you praying and you just casually throwing something out there. But there is a difference when you begin to open your mouth and you release those prayers in authority. Right. The enemy can't stop what is being spoken in authority. I don't care what the enemy is trying to do. I don't care what he's trying to convince me to do or think. No, I'm speaking what I'm declaring. I'm declaring and what I'm speaking. It is an authority. And I believe that when I open my mouth, God is going to hear here not just here but god is going to respond god is going to answer the thing that i'm laying before him that is my request that is my prayer i'm doing it with an authority and so most of us we lack the authority simply because we don't understand who we are, right? We lack the authority because we don't understand who our identity come or where it comes from, right? So most of us cannot move, function, operate, nor speak in authority because uh, your identity is messed up, right? And so hence, I'm looking at all of these names, right? Because name, right? Names point to identity, right? So when we look at, look at the name, right?
names. Names mean identity. Names mean reputation. Name means fame. Name means glory, right? So look at the first word of the definition, identity, right? When, when, because think about this here. When someone calls your name, they're identifying who you are. When you introduce yourself to someone in casual conversation, you identifying who you are, right? And most of us simply identify ourselves based upon what our name states, who we have been called labeled as that name that was given to us from birth but in the hebraic context of name a name signifies purpose you got to understand it speaks to the purpose of the individual right so so when we say name it speaks to the purpose it gives the identity of the person it speaks to the reputation the fame or the glory that will come out of this individual simply based upon the name right and when you think about name name also means the hebraic word picture lets us know that name simply means it destroys destroys chaos right for the person who's struggling with their identity trying to figure out who they are it doesn't matter if you're 16 if you're 20 plus 2 if you're 30 plus 5 if you're 40 plus 3 right it, there are many folk who are still got some age underneath their belt but still struggling to identify who they are right they still don't understand who they are right and that's why you have the confusion right there is this identity crisis denoting the confusion that is in their life simply because they don't understand who they are and when you understand this your identity comes through him he him denoting Yahweh him denoting Jesus Yeshua Jehovah is the one that gives you your identity when you come into the knowledge of who he is God then brings you into the knowledge of who you are and that cannot happen if you don't spend time with God, if you don't seek God in prayer, if you don't spend time blessing God, if you don't spend time worshiping God, you will never come into the knowledge of who God is, thereby being a product of you will never come into the knowledge of who you are. And you will find yourself consistently struggling with your identity. So the name destroys this confusion that you're dealing with when it comes to your identity, who you are. It destroys the chaotic thoughts, uh, the thoughts of confusion about who I am and where I fit in and what I'm supposed to do. Because the name also speaks to the purpose of the individual. So mind you, Jeremiah is in a place surrounded by nothing but priests praying, priests. But this is the place where prayers are answered. Which is surrounded by authority. Benjamin, the son of my right hand, surrounded by power. There is the difference. See, there were some people who are casually praying, but they're not praying with any power. Mm. Now, they're, they're speaking because prayer at its, at its simplest definition is just communication. It's talking to God. There were some people that are talking, but there is no authority and there is no power in what they're saying. Do you know somebody? And can you relate? Well, you've been around people and they're talking, but, but, but what they're talking about, it has no substance. It has no authority. It has no power. It has no influence. It does not move you. Oh, but get into the presence of a real man of God. Get into the presence of a real woman of God. I'm talking about somebody that's in sync, that's in alignment, that's in tune with God. And get around them when they're praying. Oh, something stirs you. Something moves you. Because you're in the presence of one that is speaking in authority and speaking with power. He tells us. To whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. Now, when, you, when the scripture says to whom the word of the Lord came, the word of the Lord actually came to Jeremiah. 
right? So for the duration that God was using him throughout his lifetime, the word came. When it's talking about the word came, it's talking about the word consistently came. It, the word was constant in his life. God consistently allowed the word to remain in his life. Where there were some of us, we, 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 we hear something for God, and then you can go months. You can go years without hearing anything else from God. Uh, but what the scripture is telling us, the word was consistent in the life of Jeremiah. <laughs> I bless the name of the Lord. See, I need a consistent word from God. Uh, I, I, I need to hear God consistently. Matter of fact, there's a reason why I get up every morning at 5 o'clock prayer. Because, listen, I can't start my day without God speaking. I need to hear God speak to me. I need God to give me instruction. I need God to give me enlightenment about this day, right? Because I know what the enemy, the enemy is going to try to attack me. The enemy is going to try to throw me off my game. But if God doesn't speak, I can get caught out there. The word was consistent in the life of Jeremiah. Now, the Bible talks about to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah. Go, go, go ahead and pass the ivy. Y'all need to reach out and touch Josiah. Pray for Josiah right now. The word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, right? A, a, a king who came to the throne at eight years old. Mother and father were slaughtered. And, and now I don't even have people to instruct me and guide me into the ways of operating as a king. Eight years old when he came to the throne. Fast forward, the scripture says uh, he's the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in, in the 13th year of his reign. That will put him around the age about between ages of 20 and 21 years old. Now, that's significant because the word of the Lord came during the 13th year of his reign, putting him, placing him about 20, 21 years old. And, and it's during this time that he will begin to bring about reformation, revival, as this young king has, has, has this, this, this thought process or he's influenced by the Lord to go and tear down all the idol worships, to go and tear down all the groves of Asherah, all this perversion that was in the land, right? This was taking place in the 13th year. The number 13 signifies this right here. Because I want you to see what was taking place in this 13th year, right? 13 is talking about rebellion and lawlessness, right? So anytime you go against the order that God has put in place, right? You go against the laws of God, the ways of God, the statutes of God, the commandments of God, the precepts of God. When you go contrary against these things, right? It brings about lawlessness, right? And so God being who he is as a holy God, right? It demands that he deals with this sin, right? And so the thing is, in order to combat this lawlessness, this rebellion this is where the judgment of God begins to move in but what God is doing God is having a word to be put in the mouth of Jeremiah during the 13th year round about this dude being 20 21 years old and this guy begins to bring reform he begins to bring about change he begins to bring about revival no we're tearing down all this perverted worship and we're going to get back to worshiping the true God the only God that is Yahweh Right. So it says here it is again. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah of Judah unto the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. So until Jerusalem was actually led away captive by Babylon, the word of the Lord was consistently coming, being put in the mouth of Jeremiah. Now, it talks about how it came even. 
in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, unto the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, the third son of Josiah. Zedekiah, who's the one that was easily influenced, he's the one who didn't have a stable mind, but you know what I mean? You can, you can easily persuade him to do something. That the word came even into the 11th year of Zedekiah. Now, the number 11 means disorder and chaos. So in the 13th year of Josiah, we saw that there was chaos, right? And after Josiah is off the scene, dead and gone, and his sons have erected and came on the throne, his sons do not follow in the manner that he was leading as a king. Josiah returned the people back to the days of David. No, it is unto the Lord, true worship unto the Lord. Whereas now his sons, them are bringing back the perverted ways of God, these idol gods, and bringing back the groves of Asherah, all these different things. And now we have disorder and chaos. So hence, Jeremiah speaking the prophetic word. Listen, if you don't repent, listen, if you don't get it right, you're going to be led away captive. And that's what the scripture is speaking about. The word came unto the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month, right? Then it says what? Then the word of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came unto me saying. The word of the Lord came unto me saying. Now, here is somebody that has been trained to hear the voice of the Lord. Because you got to understand, not only is Jeremiah a prophet, but he's a priest. He's been raised up in the priesthood, but he's also been called to be a prophet of the Lord. And when you think about priests, right, the word priest is simply defined as it reveals the heart of the yes. Again, prophets speak on behalf of God to the people. Priests speak on behalf of the people to God. So the priest, it simply means it reveals the heart of the yes. So as the priests are speaking on behalf of the people, the priest is saying, listen, God, we as your people are saying yes, God. It's not good enough to say yes just from our lips, but we're saying yes from our hearts, God. We're saying yes to your will, God, not just with our lips, but from our hearts. We're saying yes to your way, God, not just with our lips, but from our heart. We're saying yes, God. And the Bible lets us know that promises of the Lord are yea and amen. He's the God of the yes. So it, the priest, it, it reveals the heart of the yes from the people as well as the heart of the yes that comes from God. And here we see it again. Then the word of the Lord came unto me saying, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, it was consistent. Now, I want you to take a minute before we dive into this I want you to just read the scripture. It says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. So he's saying, before I formed you, before you had any shape, any definition, before your two little eyes came about, I knew you. <laughs> uh, before your hair grew on your little hair, I knew you. Right. I want you to read it in this context. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And then he says, and before thou camest forth out of the womb. So before you came out of the womb. He said, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. 
Now, let's jump into this. He says, before I formed you, right, in the belly, I knew thee. This word before is defined as in the Hebrew, it means to interrupt or to suspend. And what God is saying, before I formed you, I had to interrupt the formation process of forming you. I had to suspend the formation of who you are because I wanted to take time just to know you. Uh, uh, we're talking about encountering you. You will never know who you are until you come into the knowledge of who God is, right? And God said, listen, this is so important to me that I got to interrupt your formation. I got to suspend your formation. And what he said, I got to temporarily put your formation on hold. Why? Because it's important that I spend time with you to get to know you uh, and for you to know me and you say how is that possible when I'm just a little fetus uh, you got to understand how God has created you he created you in his very own image and likeness right so even though you are a fetus matter of fact think about this is why they tell you when children and they won't speak to them read to them play them music right because they hear all of this stuff it's helping them develop on the inside of the womb so think about God is saying I had to suspend I had to interrupt your formation just because it was important for you to get to know me it was important for me to know you right do you see what God is saying he says before I formed thee in the belly I knew thee now uh, uh, this word form right before I formed it he said before I was squeezing you into shape <laughs> and see, sometimes you can feel like, you know, pressure, right? And listen, pressure's in your life. Uh, and you can feel like sometimes things are a little heavy in your life. Could it be those are the hands of God are on you, squeezing you into shape, molding you into form, especially as a potter does with clay, right? God has to squeeze you into shape. God, he knows what you're supposed to look like. He knows the form that you're supposed to actually take, right? While most people are busy, you know what I'm saying, got all kind of filters and different things on every image you take and this you got to understand when it shaped you like that when he molded you like that listen he had a thought in mind how you were supposed to look huh? but you so busy always trying to change uh, uh, the image or the likeness that God has placed on the inside of you how dare you try to interrupt God, God has created how dare you try to change with the, the creation of God the very thing that God says is it's a reminder of who I am because I created you in my very own image and likeness how dare you try to change what I have created okay okay listen form also talks about a plan of divine purpose of a situation right and listen when we go back to the name Jeremiah one of the names it talks about how God throws Right? or God establishes, or God will lift up, right? And so you got to understand, God purposely, intentionally throws Jeremiah into this particular culture at this particular time because it has everything to do with his divine purpose, right? And so form means the second, a plan of divine purpose of a situation, the time calls for Jeremiah to come on the scene. <laughs> oh, you got to understand. Listen, you came from where you came from. You came from who you came from. And you came when you have to come. Because the time uh, within the earth, ran, it required your existence to come on the scene. Oh, yeah, you have to go through what you had to go through. Be born in what you had to be born in. Deal with what you had to deal with. Because it was a situation created for nobody but you. Your brother, if they was in that situation, baby, they'd be dead and gone. If your sister. 
look was in that situation, they would be dead and gone. Why? It was created specifically for you. That situation needed you to speak to it right there. That's why some things have not moved. That's why some things have not changed. Because the wrong person is speaking. Mm-mm. You. You got to speak to it. It's when you speak to it that things are going to change. It's when you speak to it that things are going to begin to move. It's when you speak to it. Listen, listen, it's going to back the devil up. But if you don't speak, that's why the enemy is going to continue to have forward progress. Oh, tell somebody, go ahead and open your mouth and open it with a boldness and open it with some authority and power. Speak the word of the Lord. Oh, yeah, come on. Speak and declare the word of the Lord. He said, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Now, he said, listen, before I formed you in the belly, this is what belly means, right? Belly is defined as it is the house. The Hebrew where preacher gives us this. It is the house that surrounds life. When you go into the Hebrew word picture of what a house is, it talks about house is the inside covenant. So what is God saying for, for, for the womb? When the child is in the womb, a covenant that surrounds this life. You got to understand when the child is in the womb, God has already made covenant with the child. Uh, and you got to understand things could not happen to the child in the womb because there was a covenant that was made between God and the child in the womb. Listen, and listen, the reason why you were able to come out unharmed and you were able to escape whatever the enemy was trying to do while in the womb because there was a covenant that was in place. Oh, you got to understand. You're here because God has, he, he, listen, he has orchestrated for you to be here. He has purpose for you to be here. Why? Because he spoke a covenant that knows God speaking. He spoke you at the time that you were supposed to be here. It's not by coincidence your mama was thinking about aborting you. Oh, Lord have mercy. But the covenant stopped the abortion. And you got to understand your mama was feeling all sick. And listen, she didn't plan to have you. And listen, she was going with the thought to do away with you. But the covenant aborted her going to abort you. Oh, Lord, I bless the name of the Most High God. You got to understand, thank God for the covenant. See, you ought to say, God, thank you for the covenant. Even though I may not understand what the covenant entails, but God, thank you for the covenant, God. Thank you that you spoke concerning my life. Thank you that you spoke over my life, God. It's your words that have given me purpose of what I'm supposed to do in my life. So thank you for the covenant. It's your words that give me understanding. It's your word that causes my identity to be known. So God, thank you for the covenant. Belly also means the seat, right, of the mental faculties, right? And this is the thing. While God is, is making covenant, while God is surrounding you with covenant, if the belly also is defined as the seat of the mental faculties, remember, 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 he said, I was forming you before I formed you. I knew thee before I had to interrupt some things. I had to suspend some things, right, because I want to know you. And then part of me knowing you, you got to understand, while you're in the belly, which is defined as the seat of mental faculties, God wants to be on your mind. Hmm. You got to understand, God is trying to put himself on your mind. God is trying to sit on the throne of your mind. Yeah, yeah. God wants it to be. Listen, when you come out the womb, I'm the first thing that you're thinking about. I know you may be hungry, but even when you look at your mom with your pretty brown eyes, uh, I want you to think about me. Look up uh, because you're looking up in the direction of where I am. Look up to the hills from which coming by here. Look up, little baby. Look up, little baby boy, little baby girl. Oh, why? Because I'm reminding you of where you come from. I'm reminding you of who you are. I'm reminding you of your purpose in this earth realm. Oh, you got to understand, God is trying to put himself on your mind. God is trying to sit on the throne of your thought process. 
He says, listen, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before you formed God, said he knew you, right? This knew is talking about what? It says, it says to, to, to make oneself known, to make oneself known. So God is saying, listen, before I formed thee, I knew thee. So before I interrupted, I suspended because I wanted to make myself known to you. I wanted to reveal myself to you. And see, it's, it's the thing is this right here. When you came out of the womb, it's when you came out of the womb that you have forgot who God was. Uh, he's already revealed himself to you. You've already had an encounter with God. It took place in the womb. But when you came into the earth realm, you have forgot about your encounter with God that took place in the womb. And this is why it's so easy for you to live and function and act all kind of ways that you be acting not remembering that you have been called of the Lord you have been chosen of the Lord there is purpose that God has placed on the inside of you this is why you can't act and live like everybody else this is why you have got to set yourself apart this is why you've got to be different because God has called you to be the difference God has called you to make a difference this why it goes back to God knew you he revealed himself to you because way back when, in the city of Anathoth, huh, Ancipress, somebody was praying, oh, let this baby know you, God. Oh, God, let this baby be used for your glory, God. Oh, God, put your word in this child's mouth, God. Use this child, God. Don't let him grow up like the other little girls, God. Don't let him act like the other little boys, God. Walking around sagging his pants. Oh, no, God. Give him purpose and give him understanding of his purpose, God. That he will understand who he is, God. And that there is more to this life than chasing the bag, God. Chasing women, God. Oh, I, I, I wish we could find some men and women who would stop chasing after the bag and stop chasing after men and women and chase after a holy God. Oh, we ain't got too many people that want to chase after a holy God. Y'all don't want to do that no more. You said, but I knew you. To make oneself known or to reveal oneself. He said, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before that came forth out of the womb, now, when you think about it, this word belly and womb, two different words in the Hebraic context. The Hebraic picture for womb talks about the person in the water. <laughs> oh, the, the person in the water. And water is symbolic for spirit, the person in the spirit. Uh, so even as a child, while you were in your mother's womb, God said, listen, you were surrounded by spirit. Oh, you got to understand. I, I was having a connection with you. I was revealing myself through you through the spirit, right? Because uh, it's what was surrounding you. Uh, the spirit is the thing that should influence you. You should have your understanding of who you are because you've been surrounded by spirit. You should be influenced by spirit because this is all you need known it tell me this 21 days is a habit 90 days is a lifestyle and for nine months you've been influenced by the spirit <laughs> oh lord have mercy for nine months you've been influenced by spirit this should be lifestyle for you 
Oh, I'm trying to help somebody. The word of the Lord should be lifestyle for you. Seeking him should be lifestyle for you. Praising him should be lifestyle for you. Talking to him should be lifestyle for you. Honoring him should be lifestyle for you. Worshiping him should be lifestyle for you. Adoring him should be lifestyle for you. Admiring him should be lifestyle for you. Yielding completely to him should be lifestyle for you. Because you were the person at one point in the water. You were the person that was encased or surrounded by spirit. He says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. I set you apart. Now, it's one thing when, when you come out to set your part is speaking about to place you over here, away from everything else. Yes, that may be similar, but you are so very different. So I got to place you apart from the similar things because you're different. Right? So, so God is saying, listen, before you come out the womb, before your mama get to hold you, and, and y'all have skin-to-skin -skin contact, I've got to set you apart, place you away from the similar things. Because <laughs> uh, you need to understand you're not like everybody. Mm. You can't act like everybody. You can't talk like everybody. You can't walk like everybody. You can't live like the Christians. Uh, you got to live like a Christian. It has got to be real for you, right? He set you apart. He's placed you in another area or another place. Then it says, okay, sanctified also is defined as to prepare. This word, this word, when you talk about prepare, it means to work out the details in advance. To work out the details of something in it. Oh, Lord, have mercy. You, 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 you confused, but you got to understand he's not the author of confusion. You got to understand the author denoting someone who started something, right? Uh, uh, the one who's fashioned your very life, right? He was not confused about why you look the way you look, uh, the height you are, the color of your skin, the size you are, the diction, the way you pronunciate words, the type of hair you got. He don't care if it's 1A, 1B, 4C, whatever the case may be. He doesn't care if it's curly or straight, long or short. Listen, he understands I set you apart and I've already worked out the details pertaining to your life in advance. <laughs> oh, before you come into this natural world, I've already worked it out. Oh, Lord have mercy. Do you understand things would be a whole lot easier if you just find yourself getting inside the will of God, getting inside the purpose of God? Why? Because he's already worked it out. God is not confused about what's going to hit your life. God is not confused about how the enemy is going to attack you. You are. But he tells you in his word he would not have you ignorant of the enemy's devices. All you got to do is get in alignment with God, right? And you will have understanding about what the enemy is trying to do. Or you will have understanding pertaining to your life because he's already worked out the detail. Why are you busy trying to work when he's already worked out the detail? All you got to do is just get in that place of trust. Uh, get in that place where you believe God, where you're standing on the word, where you're faithing it. Not faking it, faithing it. 
because he's already worked out the details. He's not confused that you're struggling with your money, but he's already worked out the detail. He understands right now you got a little more month than you got money, but he said, if you get in a place of trust, I've already worked it out. Oh, if you, if you just trust me, I'll show you that I'm Jaira. When you pray about your situation, I will prove to you that I'm God, that I'm here, that I'm going to meet your need. I will prove it to you. But, but you... You keep trying to focus on the details of your life and, and you can't put nothing in order. It, it seems like your life seems to be escaping. Your things keep getting away from you. He's already worked out the details of your life. And you got to understand he's already worked it out. Stop trying to figure out things and, and stop trying to go over here and go over there and look on the Internet. And he's already worked out the details in your life in advance. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. You got to understand, Ron. This is, uh, he's letting you know I sanctified you. Yeah, I put you over here because I can trust you to be over here. I, I, I understand you can handle this. You don't think you can handle it. But he understands you have what it takes. You can endure this. You can persevere through this. Where everybody else would fall down, fall out, fall over, fall by the wayside, fall away from God. God understands. It may be challenging for you. It may be tough for you. But he understands. Listen, you're going to stand and remain. You're going to stand and see the salvation of the living God. You're going to stand and you say, I'm going to trust God. And no matter what it looks like, God, I don't know how this thing is going to work out, but I trust you. This is for the person that God has sanctified, right? You can only talk like that when God has set you apart from everything else. Uh, everybody over here talking crazy, but it's different when you hear yourself talk. No, it sounds crazy to say, I'm going to trust God. Even when I don't see how this thing is going to work out, I can't see no way. But what I know that you are the creator of heaven and earth, God. And if you created the heavens and the earth, God, it's not too hard for you to create a way. That's for the person who's been sanctified. See, you talk like that. <laughs> oh, God got it. He's going to make a way. He's going to provide. He shall create. Uh, you watch God be God. Oh, I'm going to watch him do his thing. I'm going to watch God work. Yes, I'm going to watch God do his thing. Yeah, that's the sanctified person. He says, before you came forth, out of the womb, I sanctified thee. He says, then I... I ordain you. Now, before I get ahead of myself, verse number four, because I already got ahead of myself. You know, they're pushing me here in the studio. Listen, listen, listen. Verse number four, it tells us what. This is what. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, right? Word, word, word. Anytime you see the word of the Lord, we have to familiarize ourselves with what takes place in the book of John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God, right? And so we understand word is defined as logos, right? And the word that we're most familiar with when we're talking about logos is definition number five. Word, 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 word. But logos is defined as idea. God had an idea. Mm, you got to understand. When God was creating you, this was an idea of God. You got to understand. And the ideas that God had 
idea. They're not like anybody else's idea. You ain't got to worry about somebody copying God's idea. No, listen, this thing was already copyrighted in God. You ain't got to worry about somebody trying to steal God's stuff. It's already been copyrighted because he is uh, the creator. You got to understand. He had an idea when he thought about you, right? Uh, logo simply means concept. To it means concept. And when you think about concept, it's something that is imagined or pictured in the mind. Something that is imagined or pictured in the mind. Uh, you got to understand God was thinking about you. God imagined you to come onto the scene. God imagined what your life was going to be like. God imagined how you was going to affect the lives of other people that come in contact with you. God imagined how you would live holy. And God imagined how you would be surrendered and how you would be yielded to him. God imagined how he can use you as a vessel here in the earth realm so that the glory of the Lord can be seen and revealed. God imagined this. He saw it. He saw the picture in his mind. And you got to understand it's hard to get rid of a picture that is in your mind. You know. Think about all the, the shots your eyes take throughout the course of the day and you you just you just load them into your mental rolodex you know it's hard to get rid of a picture in your mind a mental image you got to understand god got a mental picture of what you look like Whew, you got to understand so even when you mess up god got an image of what you look like. oh when i mess it up god got an image of what i look like and you got to understand i don't look like what i've been through i don't look like what i've done because god got a picture of what i look like and it started with the word of god with an idea he had with a concept he had about me and so even when i mess it up whether intentionally or unintentionally god has a picture an image of me of what i look like Oh, you got to understand. Logos then means the thought. Uh, God had a thought about us. Uh, it is the thought of thoughts, right? And you got to understand this. Even when we talk about the thought, it's God's thoughts that identifies who you are. What God thought about you gives you your identity. So it doesn't matter how you try to alter, how you try to change your physical body, how you try to alter, change your mental state, how you try to alter, change your soulless body, how you try to alter, change your spiritual body. You got to understand. God had a thought about you and it is the thought of thoughts it supersedes what you think it supersedes what anybody else think about you what matters most is the opinion of God concerning my life I'm not worried about what other folk are thinking everybody's gonna have an opinion all the time but what matters most to me it is the opinion of God God what do you think about me God when I'm not doing it how you say what do you think about me God when I am doing it the way you say what do you think about me it is the thought of thoughts that identifies me. I understand who I am because of what God thought about me. I'm going to say it again. I understand who I am because of what God thought about me. Logos means reason. So God had this idea pertaining to you. He had this concept pertaining to you. He had a thought about you. And then God said, listen, I had a reason. <laughs> Why? Why in the 13th year I will send a word to you? I will speak a word to you in the middle of rebellion, in the middle of chaos, in the middle of confusion, when all hell is breaking through. I had a reason why I would send a word to you right now. Oh, for you to remain steadfast and be unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I had a reason to send this word while everybody else is falling down and serving all over the time of God. I had a reason to send a word to you because I understood that you would stand. No matter what, you would stand. No matter what, you would surrender. No matter what, you would yield. No matter what, you would still worship. No matter what, you would still pray. You would still fast. You would still praise you would still trust you would still hold on i had a reason why 
you came from your mom and daddy. I had a reason why you came from the geographical place that you came. I had a reason. Why? You came at the time you came. I had a reason why you had to struggle with your money this month. Oh, because I'm trying to process you to trust me to be provider. I had a reason why you was dealing with ailments. Not that the ailments came from God, but I had a reason why I allowed it. Because I'm trying to get you to trust me as healer. I had a reason. And then, of course, logo means word. Word, the spoken word of God, spoke us into existence by the word, by the mouth of God spoken into existence, right? He then says what? Before I formed in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And he said, I ordained thee a prophet unto the nation. When he says, I ordained thee, and mind you, he sanctified and he said, I ordained you before you come into the earth realm, before you break open your mother's womb. I sanctified you and I ordained you to ordain. He said again, I set to be set apart for an office or duty. In other words, there is a work that you have been sent in the earth realm for. There is a purpose that you have been sent into the earth realm for. There is a duty or there is something in this earth realm that God wants you to be responsible for. And I'm not saying woman, man, because you got your children, you're only supposed to be responsible for your children, responsible for your house. No, 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 no. It's bigger than that. We want you to be responsible for your children. We most certainly want you to be responsible for your house and all of that stuff right there. But there is another responsibility in the earth realm that God has placed you here for. The purpose of God will never change. The purpose of God is always for God to be glorified. And what God has called you to do and who God has called you to be, it is always for God to be glorified. The purpose and why he called you to do what he's called you to do, the purpose and why he's called you to be who he's called you to be, it is for God to be glorified. So there is a responsibility, a duty in this earth realm that you are responsible. He's ordered. When you think about the root word of ordained, he has ordered a responsibility for you. I can't do it. Nigga Mike can't do it, Minister Brandon. It is for you. Ordain also means one of the concepts of ordain means having your steps ordered in concrete. <laughs> Let's think about that for a second. To have your steps ordered in concrete. My way is set in stone. My way, my path, my journey cannot change because it has been set in concrete. The Bible tells me that the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And he delighteth in them. And see, some of us are trying to come off of this, of this concrete road that, that God has 
order just steps in. You're trying to break away from this hard concrete, hard concrete, hard. You're trying to break away from this hard journey at times that, that, that is called the faith, called being a believer. But what God understands is you have what it takes. You have the endurance. You can persevere. You can remain. You can outlast the situation. The circumstance that has popped up unexpectedly, you have what it takes to, to stand up longer than this thing is in your life. I know it seems big right now because it came unexpectedly. And I know at times you feel like, I don't know what to do. We was not prepared for this. How many times you have dealt with a situation that you were not prepared for? And somehow you finagled your way through that thing and got through it. This is the thing. You're so worried about passing with flying colors. Instead of looking at the fact that you passed. See, you missed that. You keep thinking about how somebody else passed. And even though you might not have passed away or in the manner that they passed, don't overlook the fact that you passed. <laughs> Lord, you passed. That's what you got to understand. I passed. Even if I got to crawl through something, the fact of the matter is, God, I outlasted this thing. I endured. I persevered. God, I passed. You got to understand. This is what I tell folk. If you fall, fall to your knees. <laughs> if I fall to my knees, it's putting me in a posture of prayer. It's putting me in a position to talk to the Father. Oh, come on, see about me. So we're talking about encountering you. You encounter you, meaning you come into the knowledge of who you are when you come into the knowledge of who God is is and look at all that God has gone through to make sure you encounter him because to encounter him will lead you to encounter you because listen you were in a place of answer prayers oh, I can't get off of that <laughs> see you got to understand that 5031 where I abide it is the place of answer prayers you you got to understand it is the place where I speak and declare in the atmosphere to the atmosphere it's not just in my home but on the outside of my home I speak with authority and I speak with the power of the Holy Spirit right because I'm in the place of answer prayers and, and I'm speaking with authority that's why I'm not moved I'm just trying to encourage somebody. Go encounter God. Come on, get in you some good prayer. You, 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 you don't know what to pray. Think about all the family members and friends that need to be saved. Listen, I'm challenging you. Just start praying for them. Five minutes a day for each one. Just start praying for them. What it's going to do is going to discipline you in prayer. It's going to teach you how to become sensitive to hearing what God may be speaking to you about those individuals. That thing that's hindering them, that's stopping, blocking them from coming to know God. That thing that they don't want to let go, don't know how to let go of. God will begin to speak to you about these things that you can talk to God about it. But it's also going to discipline you to spend time with God.
And see, when you be talking to God about all this stuff and you believe God is going to do what you're asking him to do, see, the natural response becomes that of praise. You, you can't do nothing begin to just, I bless your name, God. Oh, God, I thank you. I give you glory, God. I honor you because I believe you're going to do what I just asked, God. That's the natural response. It's pushing me to the place of praise. And you can't praise God because you praise him for what he's done. And you can't praise God long enough and begin to see him for who he is. Which then pushes you to the place of worship. God, you're holy. Mm. God, you're, you're worthy. God, you are Yahweh. You're Adonai God. You, 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 you begin to tell God who he is. And see, the easiest way to worship God, declare to God what God declared about himself. Call God who he called himself. Ah, you're the I am. You're the great I am. You're the holy one of Israel, God. You are Adonai. You are, you are, you are Nisi. You are, you are Jehovah Gamola. You are, you are, you are the God of peace. You're the first and you're the last, God. You're Alpha and you're Omega. You're the beginning and you're end. You are omnipotent, God. You're omniscient. You're omnipresent, God. You're the God that was, is, and is to come. We call you holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Oh, see, you begin to tell him who he is. Encounter God so that you can encounter who you are. Amen. I pray that this word has been a blessing to you. I pray that you were encouraged by it. And I pray that it was able to minister to your heart and your spirit. Amen. In Jesus' wonderful name. Wonderful name. Thanks for tuning in. And please make sure to visit us at churchatphila.com for more podcasts and ways to connect with us on social. To like, subscribe, follow, and share content as it comes along. Special thanks to those who give in so many ways to this ministry. We could not do any of this without you. And if you want to give or be a part, visit churchaphila.com forward slash give for more information. Thanks so much for listening. God bless.